Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. Today we look back on another QPR win, reflecting on Friday night's 1-0 triumph over Aston Villa. We also preview Saturday's trip to Blackburn. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Show action behind! Yes! There's the opening goal! The referee checks his watch and he isn't looking at the time. Pavel Showek onside, in behind and off the crossbar for 1-0 to the Superhoops. The two Andes, Sinton and Watkins, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Well, how have you enjoyed your week, first of all? Fantastic, hasn't it? Um, yeah, nothing better than winning games. You know, set your weekend up a lot, lot nicer. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been uh, good and a long way to continue. Watto, three wins in a week, and it's four wins and a draw from the last five games. But it's been a, a great week, hasn't it? A two-nil win at Ipswich, a three-nil win over Sheffield Wednesday, and a one-nil victory against Aston Villa. Scoring the goals is obviously nice. Keeping the clean sheets is brilliant as well. It's just, at the moment, seemingly getting better and better. If we could just freeze the, the, the time and just have it like this for the rest of the season, that would be uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a good week. It's been a good month. Um, I think after the win at Ipswich, um, looking at, you know, we always do the October fixtures, November fixtures, and we thought, right, we've got two games left after Ipswich. And, you know, thought, well, if we could get, get through Sheffield Wednesday, you know, who... Who would you expect to be challenging up there? Okay, had a, had a bit of an indifferent start to the season. Likewise, Aston Villa, but on their day, you'd think those would be two teams that are going to be up there challenging. And you think, well, if we can get through those two, still unbeaten, fantastic. Uh, I think I would have taken two points, and we end up with with six, and it couldn't have gone much better. And as you say, you know, the, the clean sheets as well are just kind of the the icing on the cake, and everything's. Particularly, obviously, after the, the start of the season, it's it's really it's really pleasing now to come come through that, and um, yeah, suddenly things are, are looking onwards and, and upwards. Since we'll talk about the Aston Villa game specifically in a moment, but just talking more generally about the run of form, there seems to be a real consistency, not in terms of the results where we just seem to keep winning, <laughs> but in terms of the performances as well. There there does seem to be an identity which Steve McLaren is creating within his group now. Yeah, they've done fantastic. Um, you know, that consistency is key. Consistency individually in your performance, consistency in your partnerships, consistency right, right throughout the side. So, uh, as I say, they've done really, really well. Don't want to keep harping back to, you know, the first four games of the season. But I think it's really important to me- uh, mention that because I think that even makes the run we've gone on since then even better and more special. Shows great character, shows great belief. Great determination, great desire, all of those words. So uh, what we got, we got 23 points from the last 11 games. It's brilliant. It was a big decision prior to the game um, against Aston Villa was whether to make a change or not. He had the, the same 11 for Ipswich, the same 11 for Sheffield Wednesday, and then against Aston Villa, it was the third game in the space of six days. He opted for the same 11 in the lead-up to that uh, game against Villa. He actually <coughs> spoke about earlier in the season we played Bolton on the Saturday and we won 2-1. We played Millwall on the Wednesday and won 2-0. And then we had Norwich on the Saturday and he opted to make changes. He made the changes. We lost the game narrowly 1-0 against Norwich. And afterwards he said something that stuck in his mind was 
Norwich stuck with the same 11 and they won all three games that week. So he said before the game against Villa, he said that's that thought is actually keeping me awake this week. <laughs> so he decided to take that on board and stick with that same 11. And it certainly reaped its rewards, didn't it? There was, again, that, that consistency. Yeah, well, as I say, if you get the result, you're right. If you get it, if you, if you get beat, you know, you, I wouldn't say you date yourself, but you, you got those sort of things swilling around in your mind. Should I have done? What should I have done? But uh, now, as I say, it's always a balance and acting. You know, bumps, bruises, fatigue, three games in six days is a big, big ask. But um, I can only think back to when I was a player. You know, I know when you're on a good run and you're winning games, you don't feel as fatigued. The bumps and bruises aren't quite as sore. You just want to get out there the next game. And in a big game, Aston Villa was looming, you know, live on the TV, cracking crowd, you know, our biggest of the season. So those players, after the big Sheffield Wednesday, would have just dusted themselves down over the next couple of days and they would have been itching to get out there. So uh, I think Steve, it's not for me to say, but I think he made the right decision and it was proved right because we got the result. What was the most pleasing aspect of the performance in your in uh, your opinion? I think it was a different performance to, to what we've seen in previous weeks where I think we've been you know, excellent and creative. We were excellent the other day but in a different way. Spent a lot of time without the ball. Um, yeah, the possession stats, what was a 60-odd percent Aston Villa. Um, you know, but it was a performance where we spent long times without the ball but that's where you rely on your discipline, your work rate, your organisation, your togetherness. Your camaraderie within the side, the spirit um, that comes from playing together and winning games. So that was probably the most pleasing aspect for me. It was a different type of win, gritty performance, but it showed what we're all about. You know, we defended for our lives, defended the box, won a headers, got blocks in, stopped crosses. Yeah, everything. Everything was good about the performance. You mentioned the possession there, and Watto coming to you. It was actually sixty-eight percent possession for. Aston Villa but in terms of shots on target Aston Villa had five and we had seven so while we didn't have the majority of the ball what we did do with the ball was actually you'd have to say more effective than what Aston Villa did when they had the ball and it did seem that was a, a tactic from the manager and the coaching staff to almost allow Villa to have the ball in certain areas but once again you have to say Joe Lumley certainly had his work to do over the course of the game as you'd expect coming up against that that quality of opposition. But you also have to say his goal was well protected, not just by the four in front of him, but by the, the ten in front of him. Yeah, definitely. And I think the same was the same in, in midweek against Sheffield Wednesday. Remember, you know, they had a, I don't know what the stats were, but I, I saw a few fans saying on, on Sky what they kept talking about was all the possession that Sheffield Wednesday were having. But, you know, the only, the only statistic that matters is the scoreline. And we, we won that one 3-0. And the, the same was on Friday night. Aston Villa, yeah, had a lot of the ball. And as you say, it's all about the discipline and um, I, I did think, you know, I know I spoke to since beforehand about, you know, I was confident going into the game. The only thing was it was the fact it was the third game in six days and I thought maybe the legs towards, you know, when it gets to the 70-80 against a team who are going to have a lot of the ball might just wear us down. But credit to the lads, you know, you wouldn't have, have known that was their third game in six days and, um, you know, the, the concentration, the discipline to to stick with it, to see out the, to the 94th, 95th minute. Um, and as you say, you know, the, the shots on target, you know, we limited them really to, to only a couple of sort of clear-cut opportunities. And then when we did have what possession we did have, made the most of it, um, particularly on, uh, in midweek against Sheffield Wednesday when we went forward, we suddenly got that 
potency up. You know, we look when we go forward, we look like we're going to create something. Um, so yeah, credit to the players that three games in six days, but they stuck to the task for the for the four ninety again. And there's such an understanding as well in how we're playing, and you, you almost get the the feeling the crowd can see it as well that we're almost waiting, setting traps, and then when we pounce, there's that excitement because of the players we've got going forward. There's almost that expectancy that something's going to come from this, and you see Steve McLaren in his technical area, and he's constantly instructing the players. I'd love to see how much, uh, how many kilometres he gets through in 90 minutes, but he's constantly up there, and you can see him, he's saying, wait, wait, and then he'll go, 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 and suddenly the press is on, and we'll nick the ball, and Jeff Cameron does that so well, and then he's got options on the left, options on the right, and it, it, it's really exciting style of football to watch, even when we haven't got the ball. There's just that feeling that we're waiting to do something. Well, that comes from minutes, hours, days, weeks on the training ground. That's not a coincidence. And I said on commentary the other night, you know, um, reminded me a little bit of certain times in my career, and certainly under Jerry Francis, every Thursday we almost used to play 10v the back eight or the back four and the midfield four and it was just like stop when the ball's here and you're just moving together you know where things are if you weren't in the right position Jerry would stop it and point out you know the distance between the left back and the left centre back uh, centre half was too great so people could get through and I could see signs of that so even though Aston Villa had a lot of the ball I think for it's going to sound quite strange just even though we had the ball I thought we were in control of the game for large portions of time setting traps as you like and the good thing as you've just mentioned when you set a trap and someone nicks it we've got the energy we've got the confidence to plough forward you know so uh, as I say it's one of those games where you're not delighted the opposition have got loads of the ball but I thought we were comfortable but not concerned yeah Interesting you say that. Steve McLaren said after the game, you can control the, the game with possession or you can control the game out of possession. Exactly. And he felt we controlled the game out of possession. That's just what you do. That's, you know, that's, that's training ground work. That's organisation. That's having voices out on the pitch to pull people around. Plus, you've got your coaches, you say, on the stand, bellowing instructions the whole time. And you just... It's about getting your distances right, getting your... Uh, filling holes, if you like, so they can't play in areas that they want to play, and knowing when you win the ball in the type of area that you're going to win it, where you're going with it. So uh, but say that's evidence what they've been doing on the training ground. I think he, as a, as a manager or a coach, and his coaching staff deserve a hell of a lot of credit for that, plus the players who've got to go and implement it. And we certainly did create our chances. Obviously, um, Pavel Shoek had, aside from his goal, he had a very strong claim for a penalty, which... Looking back at Sky's coverage, they said they felt it was a penalty I when his, was, yeah. his shirt was pulled. Uh, Masluongo had the chance just before half-time when it sat up nicely for him and he just pulled the shot wider. Biraezi in the second half, I think that was flying into the back of the net before a, a brilliant um, last-ditch deflection put it over the crossbar. So we certainly created our opportunities as well. Just a word on Pavel Shoek. He's had to be patient, hasn't he? He'd only started one game all season in the league prior to last week. He started all three games last week and he's had an impact in all three. Um, what did you make of his goal? Some finish. Some finish. Uh, great ball by Jeff Cameron. You know, not the greatest of defending from Aston Villa, you would say, to get caught with that. But, you know, but what... Did they switch off because it looked like we were going to get a free kick yeah. for the Hemed foul and yeah. the ref put the, the whistle towards the mouth, didn't he? And then he just saw that it yeah, broke for it was Jeff Cameron. second, but credit to... One, credit to Jeff, you know, for for spotting the run. Credit to Pavel for that run in behind him. I'm a great believer you need people to 
disturbed back fours if you like. So Pavel's come off, he's uh, wide and he's gone straight through the middle. Uh, Jeff's picked him out and it's a really, really good finish. But I'm, I'm pleased for Pav because you know um, he's had to be patient. What he brings to the team is there for everyone to see. Works his socks off, I think. And he isn't afraid to make a tackle either, yeah, is he? Well, that's something that's probably been more evident in recent weeks. He's mm. been really, really competitive, if you like, putting his foot in. But he works his sock of, socks off, you know, in possession, out possession. I've said time and time again, and I've actually said at the pub, you know, just improve your end product, you know, with your cross or your finish. But as I said, what's he got? Three goals this year, two in the cup. Great finish the other night, you know, hits it on the half volley, difficult skill. It's over the line by about a yard, I can see from where I am, and the uh, referee made a great decision with the aid of technology, but no, delighted for him. But you know, he's part of a, he's part of a unit that's working well together at the minute, but he's an important cog in the wheel. A lot has been said about Tom Ahmed coming in on loan, about Naki Wells coming in on loan and, and their respective impacts. But Watto, how big an impact has Jeff Cameron had since he's arrived? Yeah, made an equally, if not even bigger impact, I think, as since says, you know, the, the unit, everyone knows their job working well, and Jeff is pivotal to, to everything, all sort of links everything together in that, in that midfield, the formation that we play now. He, he, you know, it's sort of, he's the one that, again, you know, obviously Hemid and Wells, they're the ones that are going to score the goals and, and hit the headlines, but I think people, I think, have particularly taken note this week of the the impact that Jeff's had, um, I think, for the, the certainly for the Sheffield Wednesday game, he would have been my man of the match, breaking everything up. Um, and yeah, like I say, it just the work that he does, I think, allows you know the players going forwards to to do their jobs, um, complements everything. Well, I think players like Jeff Cameron sometimes go a little bit under the radar. You speak to the players who they play with, and they'll tell you how important they are to the team because what I've seen in Jeff in the four, five, six, seven games that he's been here, the, the couple of months he's been here is someone that vastly experiences but he fills holes, he blocks holes so to many people they might not really see what he does but it's just these movement that he'll, he'll stop a ball into the front now. so the centre-halves are getting really, really well protected I bet if we spoke to Tony Leishner and Joel Lynch they would be very, very, very complimentary about Jeff Cameron and the role that he's had and helping us to get to where we were to where we are now. Great stuff. OK, well, let's now catch up with Jeff Cameron to find out how he's settling in and joining, enjoying being life as a Lone Ranger. Jeff Cameron, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast this week. Um, we'll look back on what's been a great run of results in a moment, but firstly, how are you settling in? You don't strike me as a, the quiet, retiring type. You seem to have settled in very quickly to the group. Yeah, no, it's been great. The, the guys have been excellent since I've come in here the first day, um, helped me adjust. You know, the coaching staff, everybody's been fantastic, and it's a really good group of guys. Everybody's friendly, and there's a really good team atmosphere here, and I think... Um, you know, it shows on the pitch. Everybody's working for one another, um, and and everybody has a good relationship off the pitch. So I think that's that's huge, and and that helps us get points throughout the season. Stoke have always been known for having that togetherness, that camaraderie. So it's obviously something that, having played there for so long, you you understand the importance of it and what impact that can have on the pitch. Yeah, you know, I think. One once Stoke got relegated, it was the year that we didn't have that in the dressing room, and and you felt that and, in that and, season, and, and there was such a divide, and there were some 
good characters and not so good characters, and I think that was the big issue. And guys not playing on the weekend, playing for one another, there was just a, a kind of a divide, you could say. Uh, and not meaning to, but it, there was, and I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, maybe too many egos, this and that, and um, when you have that, it's it's a it's not a healthy healthy locker room. And you know, with that um, saying that, since I've come here, the guys have been great. You know, there's a really good group of guys, the banter flies, and and but everybody keeps everybody in check. And you know, with the younger guys, and you have some few older guys as well every everybody kind of um gets along with everybody great stuff well, when you joined us we just picked up the win against wiggins we had three points from five games we we're in the relegation zone were you thinking mm, i'm not sure about how this is going to go i don't really want to be going to a club that's got a relegation battle on their hands um no no i don't think it was that i think you know having the conversation uh, with the gaffer steve mclaren and and uh you know knowing that he 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 rated me before and he tried to get me a few times but obviously you know i was i was playing well and doing well at stoke i wasn't going to leave um and then you know uh, he you know reached out and said i I want you to come here he's like i rate you highly and you know i want to help you give your confidence and, and get back playing and you know obviously with my last six months at Stoke, you know, I had a, a really bad concussion, come back, I missed nine weeks, and then it was kind of playing catch-up. Um, and that was that was tough uh, for me, and I didn't play play many games. And then, you know, with the opportunity, this came up, and, uh, I, you know, I took it. I said, obviously, it's down in London. Uh, I wanted a kind of a fresh start, and, you know, he was giving me that. And I think since day one, it, it's been it's been great. Now you've had the opportunity to work with Steve McLaren. He's a he's a very renowned coach. What are your assessments of him? No, I think he's one of the best coaches I've, I've played for. You know, hands down, like you know, day to day, he's uh, sharp. He understands. He he's you know, he's seen teams be successful because of the talent that they have, um, and and. He, putting it all together, he sees that picture, um, and I think we have that, um, and I think he can sense that. He sees it. It's just about a matter about believing it in our own ability, and you know the guys. And then uh, I don't know if we're we're a top four team. You know, it's just you got to have the belief because he can see the te- potential that some of the players have, and it's just about getting everybody on the same page and kind of putting everything together. And he's him and and the staff are, are are trying to get us into that perspective. I think uh, when Naki Wells and Tom Ahmed came in, a, a lot was made amongst the fan base of them two joining because obviously they're the known goal scorers at this level. So there was excitement around that, and almost <clears throat> yourself and Angel Rangel sort of came in under the radar a little bit. But now in recent weeks, QBR fans are reacting to to the impact that both of you have had as well, which must be pleasing because when you joined, you said, I'm not a flashy player, I just do the dirty stuff. But that non-flashy player who just does the dirty stuff is is getting the the respect of the QBR fans very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, playing alongside Moss and, uh, you know, me just sitting in the hole and protecting the back four. It's what I do. It's what, you know, I've played center half for, the, for the, my national team and, and played defensive midfield for my national team as well. And for Stoke, I've played pretty much everywhere. But you just know as a center half, you know what you want as a, a guy sitting and holding. So having a guy like Lynchy and Tony talking to you and, 
and you seeing and you know anticipating passes and you know for me I get it I want to give it to Moss I want to give it to Luke I want to give it to Ives and give it to the guys that are the ones that are the creative ones um, and get them to do their job so if if I intercepted and I can release them quickly it makes my job a lot easier because they score the balls in the back of the net and we just tighten things up as a team. Um, and there's there's going to be games where we get, you know, possessed and this and that. And, and we, we talked about it this past week, you know, three games in, in six days is, is tough. Mm-hmm. And we played really well in two of the games, you know, possession-wise, created a lot of things. So I would say the first 15 minutes against, um, what was it, the second team? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. They, were, they were, like, popping us around. and. Yep. We had to just change a little bit tactically. We, we dropped one of the guys in, and then we pressured it together as a team. And once we started winning the balls, we started creating possession, mm-hmm. movement, creating chances, and then we got in the flow of the game. But it's kind of in those games you have to adapt um, different formations and having experienced that and seeing that. I was just going to come in and say that. you know, I, I've, I don't know if you know, Jeff, I've been doing the commentary for the... Uh, uh, for the stream and, and uh, it's evident to me that with the experience on the pitch you know yourself and Angel Rangel and Tomo and Naki you know things are what's the best way I can say this things are happening out there on the pitch rather than relying on your coach or half time yeah, and to stuff adapt. and we go on about when we played 20 odd years ago now uh, I've said many a time we used to do that we used to do that on the pitch and it makes the managers and the coaches job so much easier when they come in half time because you've actually you're in the game it's happening all around you you know he can see what's going on you know and it's just slight adjustments and voice demanding what you want from the person alongside you can be massive towards winning winning your points but uh, since you've come in Jeff seven games five wins one draw one loss do you feel you know you're now having a, a big big impact on the team because those statistics suggest you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. Like, like I said, I'm trying to do whatever I can to help the team. You know, there's times where you know the gaffer just says, "Just sit," or you know, I want you to sit. Don't vacate the area. You know, uh, UC's like, "Hey, don't go out wide. Don't pressure the ball." And there's sometimes in, in those decisions in the game where if you don't go out and pressure the ball, that's when they can kind of you know draw you out like they teams are trying to draw me out to to get me out of the hole to expose the back four and there's sometimes where i have to go and sometimes i have to stay and it's making those decisions but i think the the key thing is everybody is so on point and and we have such a good teamwork and we have a good ethic like teamwork ethic that if i if i go out to pressure the ball someone's coming to come in and fill in the hole. The understanding is and, there. And, 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 and the funny thing is, that against Sheffield Wednesday, I looked at Moss, I said, we're getting popped here. And I said, we need to bring someone back. And we both said, okay, we need to get Toma or Ibs in the hole yeah. on their on So their that controller. decision is made on the pitch in that moment? Yeah, and we both just said, we need to get one of those guys sitting on, on, on mm-hmm. Barron. Barry Barron. And he was just, because... A player like him, he's more deadly if he's playing up higher on the pitch mm. because he can find in space between behind me and the back four um, or between us. If he finds those spot, spots there, then it's my job to to stop that. But if he's finding spaces on his side of the field, then they weren't really penetrating us. They were going left mm. to right. They are yep. keeping possession that way, which is fine. You can have that all day, but... They're not breaking us down, yeah. which is good. 
Um, but then we just said, okay, we need to get a grasp of things. We need to get the ball a little bit more and, and start getting control. And that's what, you know, Toma came in a little bit more. Abe started following that guy and sitting on it. And then they started losing control. And once you started to put that pressure, then we started picking up the balls in yeah. the middle of the field where Luki and, you know, Moss was winning the ball. And then we were, we're driving, we we're penetrating. And this where we created chances. So it's about having that understanding and just everybody knowing their jobs and being if one guy gets beat there's someone there to back him up and i think that's the mentality that the gaffer has implemented uh, we've worked hard every single day in defensive stuff and we know that the guys can score goals ahead of us uh, it's just about doing our job and you know it starts from the first line of defense as the forwards pressuring the ball the right way and then we can all react but uh no things been great here and I think we have a good, you know, we don't want to get over ourselves three, yeah. three games in a week. It was tough. We got nine points, which is huge. Um, but we want to continue that. And there's going to be ups and downs throughout the season. There's no question about it. But if you can say consistent, that's where you give yourself the best chance. And consistency is the hardest thing in football. Mm-hmm. And people don't know going into every single game, guys feeling 100%. It's not. It's not possible, guys. Don't. You, you're never going into a game feeling 100. Um, percent There's games you go in 60 percent sometimes, mm. and you're just managing yourself and trying to make sure you do the best job. Um, especially with three games, it's yeah. everybody was bruised, and I think that's why, you know, we didn't have the greatest amount of possession. We ran through a brick wall against Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. But what we showed is the perseverance, the, the determination, the teamwork uh, that we had against Aston Villa. And, um, you know, we had some we had even more chances that we, we could have you know finished, yeah. but they had some chances as well. And that was a game back <clears throat> and forth. And yeah, given the quality of Aston Villa, you know, you, you look at the squad, you look at the bench, you look at their you know, the striking options, the money that they've spent. Given the quality of Aston Villa, how big a win was that for you, you guys, um, the squad? Yeah, it was massive. I mean, they're one of the biggest clubs in, in the championship. Um, you know, playing against them in the Premiership a bunch of times, and you see a team that, that gets relegated like that, and you kind of know, and they kept some players that are, are big-name players there, and... Um, the cost of the quality of the opposition does that give you even more confidence you know yeah, what? we've got we've gone toe to toe with derby in recent weeks we've gone toe to toe and beat sheffield wednesday we've gone toe to toe with villa and beat them that must fill you with 100 so like much you confidence. Should, you're not going into every game like having any doubts you're like oh you can compete and that's the thing like any game is any game of football anybody can beat anybody it's just a matter of who shows up and if you if you if you're willing to win and throw your bodies on the line defend and do whatever you got to do to win, and I think we did that Friday night, and it showed. It was a big step for the for the team, uh, because even when you don't play the best out of the week, or it's not probably the best game we've had all season, but it was the best game in, and everybody coming together it was a and sacrificing. Type of win wasn't it? One hundred percent, and that's the games where, you know, Ronald and I laughed. You go. Some games you'll have 30% of the possession and you win the game. And those are the games that will help you get to the playoffs and, you know, promotion because those are games you need to win. If you, you know, you're struggling, you get a goal, you nick a goal, okay. All right, you need to tighten it up a little bit, sit back, defend. But if you can defend and 
everybody, you got the forwards tracking back and everybody's working, that that just you're going to be a hard team to beat. And that's what we want to be. We want to be a hard team to beat and let our do our offensive guys put the ball in the back of the net for us. You talk about the offensive guys doing the creative stuff. You just get the ball and give it to them. Talk us through the 40-yard pass for the uh, the winning goal against Aston <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, you know, Moss got, got fouled and, you know, the, the ref just said, play, play on. So I just kind of looked up quick right before the ball popped out and I saw Pop making a run. I was like, I'm just going to put it here. And I think I had two before that were just short. I was just off of it. Um, and I was like, I, and I actually told Lukey right before, I'm like, we need to keep the ball. We need to get some possession going. And usually it's like, oh, you play a, a simple pass just to get the flow of the game. And I was like, I'm just going to do it here. And I looked up, Pop made the run, and I just kind of, you know, fortunate enough that Pop continued it, had a good touch, and put the back of the net, and that was it. <laughs> easy. So, yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but it's. Uh, I mean, it was. It was kind of. It just happened in the moment, yeah. and uh, sometimes about just coming there on Pav. You know, Jeff plays the pass, but without Pav making that run, probably makes your mind up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I looked up early, and he was yeah. already kind of moving his. So the run makes the yeah. pass. You know, uh, without the run, he probably play square or mm. keep safe just yeah. to keep possession. Exactly, because uh, you know, right before Luke made a joke, he's like. You just said two minutes ago. <laughs> we need to get. We need to get some possession. We need to get some. You know, uh, things. The ball moving again, and uh, because it was just like back and forth, back mm. and forth, um, and they were doing a really good job of whenever we won the ball, we were trying to play quick, and there were a lot of the guys cheat. They 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 were staying high, so they were trying to win the ball in different areas. Um, so when we did lose the ball, the ball was coming back right down mm. our throat, and. They're finding good positions out wide, so um, that's when I said we need to kind of play simple here and get the ball and get it going, and then nah, you just keep, made the you run just keep playing those yeah, yeah. so, so. uh, Just finally, then, just a, a quick word on Blackburn this weekend. Um, the manager said afterwards that you came off with a, a slight hamstring, so it's touch and go. Yeah, touch and go right now. Um, you know, I did some running today. Feel uh, feel pretty good. I just haven't got up to the high uh, speed yet, which is good. The 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 MRI came back clear, which is good, um, but there's uh, some some tension in there, and it's it's just you know, it, it's kind of being a it'll be on a fine line of you know hopefully I'll be able to to get through it and, and be able to to train Thursday Friday and then be available for, uh, for the game Saturday. But if it's one of those where I miss one and I'm able for to be available for the rest, I'm I'm happy with that. But obviously, I don't want to miss games and I want to be available to help the team. And it'd be great to, to keep this winning run going. We said earlier that should we win at Blackburn, it'd be the first time in nearly five years we've won four league games in a row. Well, we've got to keep no it pressure. going. No <laughs> pressure. No pressure. No, like I said, we, uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and keep our heads grounded. And, you know, it was a big, massive week for us. And I think over, you know, since I've been here, we've taken baby steps and uh, we've gotten good results away. Um, so you know, I think the disappointing we didn't we didn't win against Norwich at home, um, but we've taken good steps forward, and I think <clears> if we can maintain that the seven to eight or you know seven and nine consistency of work ethic, the running, you know, guys sacrificing themselves, blocking, and, mm. and all that kind of stuff, if we can keep that consistently throughout the season, I think we'll be we'll be up there.
Great stuff. I'll tell you what, I think we found our, our very own Gary Neville here. Could talk to you all day. Thanks very much for joining us, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Fingers you, crossed you'll be all okay for, for Saturday and best of luck at the weekend. Cheers, mate. Great to hear the thoughts there of Jeff Cameron. He's certainly settled in well and he's uh, enjoying life at QPR. And like we say, he has had a, a big, big impact and hopefully that can continue this weekend against Blackburn. We'll preview Blackburn in a moment, but firstly, let's spare a thought for Don Shanks, who well, will be heading up to Ebert Park on Saturday. He'll be resting his limbs ahead of doing that 26-mile New York marathon on Sunday. It'll be Sunday morning in New York, so um, it'll be afternoon, early afternoon, here for us when Don will be uh, pounding the streets. Um, so we wish him well. It's incredible what he's doing. He's raising money for um, Stan Bowles. Obviously, we know he's living with Alzheimer's now, sadly. And in the new year, he's expected to go into full-time care. So it's to help raise funds for that. Also, he's raising funds for the Alzheimer's Society and also the QPR Number 10 Foundation. So a fantastic effort from Don. And since we all wish him well... We certainly do. You know, we spoke to him uh, on this sort of platform before he went over about a week ago. Uh, he's really, really looking forward to it. He said it's sort of taken over his life for the last sort of six months. You know, the training, but all the training's done, all the talking's done. You know, he's got to go and do it. We're with him in sort of spirit, and uh, he'll be absolutely fine. Uh, and I would urge people, you know, just to get behind him, donate what you can, because every every amount, it doesn't matter how big or small, can will make a difference to this horrible horrible illness that people do get and if you haven't yet donated to don and you would like to you can either google don shanks marathon all the info will be there or go on to don shanks facebook page for all the information to donate i know he's raised in excess of five thousand pounds across the, the three uh, courses which is fantastic and be brilliant if we could add to that over the coming days as well so best of luck to don from everyone here at qpr Okay, turning to Blackburn this coming weekend. And since after the run of results we've had, we've gone through them, the 23 points in 11 games, the three wins in a week. Take a point? <laughs> I would at the start of the season. I would a month ago. No, I think we're capable of going to Blackburn. and, uh, and It shows and how far we've come that yep. we're like, mm, I don't think I'd take a point there. Yep. Considering what our away form has been like over the last couple of years, suddenly we're taking a, a difficult trip to, to Blackburn and we're, oh, no, I don't think I would be happy with a point. <laughs> Listen, you say take a point. I think if you if you look on it, Blackburn, tough place to go. You know, a side who uh, have probably surprised a few this year, you know, coming up, done quite well. Um, and a point away from home against anyone in the championship, you know, you don't underestimate that. But as I say, it's a it's a sign of how far we've come, how we're playing, that we're probably thinking about going there. Not thinking. Believing. Expecting, believing, all of those words that we can get through. Well, Watto, if we were to get all three at Ewood Park, it would be the first time since January 2014 where we've strung four league wins together so nearly five years since we last managed it we we know what happened in 13 14 <laughs> uh, but it, that does show you what a, an incredible achievement it would be if we were able to get that yeah particularly i mean any i think without saying too many cliches we know what a tough league it is the championship whether you're, you're at the top or the bottom you know there's no easy games and as we say blackburn away is um 
generally a you know it's a place that you go to thinking oh well if we come away with a point we'll be be very happy with that and particularly given our away form in recent years but even that we seem to have you know put to bed so far this season and you know suddenly we're going away from home thinking you know what we we've got the tools you know in mm. the in the dressing room to to get a result and yeah I mean you can see the what the the difference the wins have made the confidence in the in the squad and you know hopefully we can there's no reason why that can't keep going the only thing obviously is Blackburn themselves are, are going on quite nicely and of you know getting a, getting a draw at West Brom and uh, fair to say we know what a difficult trip that is so they they'll be fancying themselves as well but as are we after after three wins and yeah wouldn't it be great to um to keep that going and uh, the small matter of of Brentford afterwards so uh, if we could, could keep it going into that one then that would be fantastic since what can we expect from Blackburn you're a man who does his preparation I'm looking at your your preparation in front of me now uh, for your co-coms duty at Ewood Park on Saturday for QPR plus you've got the Blackburn side in front of you that played against West Brom what sort of game can we expect from them well, they're a good side, uh, and I said a couple of minutes ago, I think they've surprised a few, you know, coming up. I think Blackburn a few years ago was a place where we've been, and we haven't done great up there, but all since when I went there, it was a stadium surrounded with negativity. What Tony Mowbray's done there since he's gone in, he's really picked the place up. They had a fantastic season last year, and they're continuing that this year. You know, what do I expect from them? I expect a really, really tough game. They've got some really good players. You know, I'm a big fan of Bradley Deck. I think he's got six goals already. Mm. You know, but um, did fantastic when he was down at Gillingham. And if you just go through them, some of their players, you know, Casey Palmer's a bright talent. Craig Conway, you know, uh, on the bench. They've got Danny Gray, experienced goal scorer. Adam Armstrong, young, fit, energetic, you know, goal scorer wherever he's been on loan. So they've got the tools. Um, Having said that, they went to West Brom. They got a fantastic point the other day. I think they finished with 10 men. West Brom away, that's an easy one, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Finished with 10 men. I think their goalkeeper got stretched yeah. off, so we'll just wait to see how uh, David Rea responds to that. But uh, as any game in the Championship is a tough game. They're two places behind us. I think they're one point behind us. So, tough game. Yeah, and in recent weeks, they beat Leeds as well, and that's no mean Last home game, yeah. Beat Leeds. The way Leeds are going. Um, Watto, what do you think? Same start in 11 again. Very difficult to change it, but could we have four games in a row with the same starting lineup? It'd be unheard of, wouldn't it? It's, um, we're so used to chopping and changing week in, week out. It's, um, it, it has been nice the last few weeks. Um, I mean, hopefully, obviously, the, the players have got a little bit more recovery time after last week's three games in six days. So, you know, hopefully everyone comes, comes through training and obviously... We don't know what the manager's thinking is, you know, if he's got a different plan for, for Blackburn and how they play, but certainly based on our performances and it's, it's served us well in the last week, so um, I don't see why not. Don't see why not. OK, brilliant. Well, let's hope we do continue this excellent run up at Ewood Park. We'll be back next week to reflect on that trip to Blackburn and preview the minor matter of a West London derby with Brentford. Thanks for listening to The Loftcast. 